recording. All right, we only have 30 minutes, so. Why? Because I don't have enough storage. What? We <laughs> wait 30 minutes? Wait, you Welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. All right, we're going to speed podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Connor McCaskill, with your co-hosted by... Dave Mays. Uh, we're doing the Wii Music twice in a row, huh? It's such a great intro. Yeah, it is actually kind of nice. We have some new uh, tools today. We've got the mic stands on the table. Yeah, yeah. This should be... It makes me kind of have to stand up because they're I know. they're fixed. It's non-adjustable, so it's, you know... Yeah, we could get some posture. chairs with a little bit of height adjustment to help true, with that. True. But yeah. Or just sit up straight. Right, right. Well, we actually have quite a bit of things to get through if we only have 30 minutes. Sure. Um, why don't we just go ahead and like just let's just jump right into it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, lots of rumors uh, to get through. Obviously, not a rumor. The Sony A7 R5. R5. Man, these names are getting hard to get keep track of. Uh, that came out uh, right after we recorded the last podcast, actually. So we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Uh, but I figure we'll start this off with some rumors. How does that sound? Sure. Rumors. Uh, by the time you listen to this, this camera should be announced because apparently Canon, at the time of recording, is announcing the R6 Mark II tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but As well as a new lens, uh, which should be the RF 135 yes. uh, 1.8 lens, which will be kind of nice. So looking forward to that. Um, Looks like we got some leaked images of the, uh, again, as you're listening to this, this camera should be out. So it will not be leaked. It will be released. Right. Um, but uh, it looks like it's got a few different things. It's got a lock mode uh, switch on the top, which is kind of nice. Some, um, off lock. And uh, also a photo video switch as well, which is mm-hmm. always appreciated. I like that photo video switch. It kind of is similar to the R7, although the R7 was the on switch. Right. And you would turn it on to either photo or video mode. Right. Um, but this is great. I would assume that means that the video and photo settings are separated. So that means... You can keep your 180 degree shutter angle rule mm-hmm. on your video mode with a log profile and then switch over to photo, have a higher shutter speed, shoot raw photos. Exactly. So you could have both set up for whatever situation you need and switch between them, no problem. So that'd be great. Yep. Um, they did uh, leak the price. So the expected price of the R6 should be 2500 US dollars. Uh, it's a fair price. I think that's similar to what the original R6 was. So yep. kind of to be expected, honestly. And that is in direct uh, comparison and competition to the A7 IV from right. Sony. It's the same price point. It's a similar feature set. Um, it'll be interesting to see a comparison between these two. And we certainly will do a comparison of this camera and a review. Yes. Uh, if we can uh, get our hands on one. Absolutely. There's going to be lots of cameras to review uh, because... Also announcing tomorrow, which I'm excited for. I don't know how many other people are excited. It's also in that same link uh, for you. Uh, is the uh, Fujifilm X-T5. It should be officially uh. announced tomorrow. So uh, definitely looking forward Specs to that. leak ahead of a, a November 2nd announcement. 40 uh, megapixels. Yeah. Interesting. Is that the same as the, um, the X-H2? I think it is the same as the X-H2. It's not a stack sensor like the X-H2S. So mm-hmm. it should be a, a higher megapixel, me, megapixel. Higher megapixel. That's just habit. Did uh, you say working. that for real? No, I said that accidentally. Wow. That's uh, awesome. Higher megapixel count than the uh, X-T4. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, nice little drum thing. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the XT5. Um, I probably should sell my XT4 soon. Yeah, like today. <laughs> Why would you get the XT5 over the XH2 if it's a similar sensor and better in some ways? Uh, I like the form factor of the XT4 XT5 series um, personally. So that's that's one, and then it's also just priced cheaper. It's just cheaper. Yeah, yeah. and it's not going to be a main camera. And it has most all the features. Like if I was going to get a Fujifilm for like a main camera, I get the 2S mm-hmm. because that thing looks awesome, yeah. especially with the stack sensor. So, um, but yeah, the uh, X-T5 should be announced tomorrow. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really, I might have to do a day one order on that. Okay. I'm really excited. <laughs> I have the Olympus uh, camera company as my little like unnecessary camera, but I yeah. use it for all my pictures. And then you have the fuji as your unnecessary camera that you use for nothing Nothing. currently yeah well i don't really do anything actually (laughs) no um yeah i see you grabbing the r5 for everything uh anything that's work related i haven't had much time to just go out and for pleasure yeah but uh zach and i were talking about maybe doing a little photo shoot walk thing so i'd probably bring the xt4 in that case okay um because you know it's just a really fun system to shoot photos on like you pick yeah. it up and it's just fun i always love the film simulations that you could do and the film recipes you could do in the fujifilm cameras that's i think pretty much unique to fujifilm yeah. i don't know of any other camera that does that so yeah it's it is fully unique and i'm really excited to get my hands on it and see what's different really with this i mean obviously the sensor is going to be different but what else are they adding in or maybe there's new simulations or maybe there's more options who knows it's going to be pretty exciting I think if it's the same as the X-H2, it'll just be the X-H2, just cheaper. Right, right. So, which we already have seen plenty of reviews of that, and it looks like a, even the X-H2 is a great deal for what it is, Right. I yeah. believe. Yeah, the Fujifilm. it's cheaper than the S, yeah. the, the two. And Fujifilm's prices, are honestly, for what you get, like even the X-H2S, which I think is the same price as the uh, Sony a7 Um is uh it has some really sell it's still a little cheaper actually 2199 um it's not bad That's it's cheaper some, than the r6 mark ii yeah it, it the feature set on this camera is nuts so yeah. the only thing it's lacking in which is just the fujifilm issue is going to be the autofocus comparatively to sony i mean sure. like so if you're if you're in it for the autofocus i mean sony is the no-brainer especially now um and the i S, the ibis is i haven't actually tried ibis well we we haven't even played with this camera yeah all, so. um uh, but if it's anything like the xt4's ibis it's all right if you're hand holding shots it looks good mm-hmm. if you add any extra movement it's a little wonky so it is what it is i like how with the the xh2s they're They've put a full-size HDMI on there now, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's a chunkier system, kind of more like a normal camera. Yeah, I mean, that's truly a workhorse Fujifilm camera. That's supposed to be, like, the camera you buy if that's, like, your main main guy uh, in this ecosystem. But for me, because I use it more as, like, a secondary camera, Mm -hmm. that's why I like the X-T5. It's a little more fun. Why didn't you ever consider getting the X100? I feel like that'd be that fit with your I think vibe. It, it's the same. It's not the same price. It's close to the same price as uh, any of the XT cameras, and I think the XT has more options, especially with the interchangeable lenses and all that stuff. Ibis, um, all that and yeah. Ibis, and all that fun stuff. I mean, I love the 
X100V, but I think it's just a little too expensive for what it is. Moving on to the A7R5 from yes. Sony. Yeah, um, soon to be what everyone means when they say R5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Canon, you're going to get uh, outshined here. Probably. Um, yeah, the, the, the Sony R5 released, and it looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got everything, uh, the kitchen sink uh, thrown in there. <laughs> right, for a marginally good price. What is it, four grand, I think? I mean, for the body. that's expensive compared to this, Fuji. But of yeah. course, I'm just talking about compared to its competitors and what it provides. I, yeah, think, they, I think it's nestled quite nicely. Yeah, it's in the it's in the same price point as the R5 from right. Canon. Although they are kind of different. Uh, the Sony has a lot of, um, I noticed when I was watching Gerald's video on it, like a lot of cropping uh, when options. it comes to different well, options. It kind of forces you into it. Um, true, 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 true. So I wouldn't really call that an option. <laughs> it's your only option. <laughs> um, uh, like when you shoot 8K, it like crops in what was it like a one one point something yeah it's not bad i think it's like 1.2 or something it's uh, not it's not like a full super 35 and then like 4k 60 cropped in like 1.5 and then there's apsc modes and like Mm. those just go up to like certain frame rates and then they i think they even crop it it was like weird it was like a little hard to like follow all the day. you go watch Gerald's video he explains it and even still I was a little like no okay it's hard to keep track of all the different crops so that's a little interesting but I love that the flip being screen. said the flip screen but also uh he did a lot of overheating tests and it didn't overheat at all so I'm assuming nice. all the different crop modes are preventing uh, yeah. overheating like the Canon R5 had the the big takeaway for me is that um there is no like dan- down sampling going on on any of these um formats 8k is basically just a rip from the 8k sensor so that's why there's a little bit of a crop right um it's like a 1.2 or something so that's literally just one for one straight off of the 61 megapixel sensor okay and then the 4k mode is not an 8k to 4k down res like the r5 from Canon, mm-hmm. um, which has the wonderful HQ mode that looks super crisp. Right. Because um, basically it's just compressing 8K down to 4K. So it's just super clean, super sharp. But you still, you know, especially in the past had overheating issues, but now it seems to have been fairly resolved. Yeah. Um, but what they're doing is the line skipping thing. So the 4K mode on it uh, is, is basically the whole sensor and then it's doing the line skipping. I heard that it's comparable in terms of how it looks and like sharpness and stuff to like the a7s3 yeah that's what uh gerald did a side by side and both 4k modes on that look almost identical in terms of sharpness and overall image quality right which Um, is great which is great it looks that looks good i mean a7s looks awesome but the a7 the a7 4 uh, is actually sharper than the a7s because it's doing a 6k to 4k down res right actually honestly like seeing this camera like if i was gonna go sony tomorrow even though this camera looks really cool and it has the cool flippy screen which is great i think that flip screen should be on everything everything. um everything i mean it's it's fantastic but um i think i would pick still the a7 uh a7 IV. it's just the best all-around uh deal yeah it's like the bang for buck deal if you're going sony if you're looking at sony cameras it's like 
it's just great. I mean, obviously, I guess 8K is nice, but if you're not benefiting from a down sample mm-hmm. on it, I don't really get it because I'm not going to shoot anything 8K. Yeah. Uh, not not in today's world, but I would love a downsampled um, uh, 8K. Yeah, look at this screen here. We're watching Gerald Undone's video. Everybody go watch Gerald's video. I'm Probably not, already have, let's be honest. I'm not trying to steal this from Gerald, friend of the show, um, but just look at this wonderful display technology. I mean, it's, it's honestly the perfect... Uh, we've seen a similar screen with the... Um, Oh, who did S1H. that? S1H. Yeah, the S1H. And Panasonic's GH6 as yeah. well. Um, but this seems to be the best iteration it's a small. of it. And it is, I mean, it's the perfect screen combination for photographers and videographers, which obviously this camera is marketing itself towards both, I would say, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the S1H had one, the, uh, this, this screen, which is kind of weird. Um, it's a chunky boy on this guy. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. It's a thick. It was a thick screen. I have a. I have a shot of it somewhere, where I show the screen. But I don't know where it is. Anyways, um, it might have been a little earlier. This camera did have a beautiful image, though. Yeah, I actually um, just took the camera and ran around Hollywood. I wasn't supposed to do that. I've, I found out later. I wasn't supposed to leave the location that we were at but i just took the camera and just ran around yeah got some cool footage oh you brought it back so it's all right yeah yeah Yeah, no no worries and then at the time i was using a really crappy old intel laptop um i remember exporting this out it was 6k ProRes or or whatever Mm -hmm. and it took like i think six hours to export it oh my gosh yeah so now that would take uh now that would take like five minutes yeah maybe less so here is the uh cool articulating screen on this thing on the s1h yeah. it was similar but way thicker right well and in all fairness this came out well before and yeah and now um sony's taken a similar it's like the, it's like the prototype for sony they're, yeah they're exactly like, here, we'll help you with this yeah. <laughs> for our own research for our own research and then we'll do it better yeah which is basically how sony works yeah um, so yeah, I definitely love the screen design. Hope to see that in the future. Um, I do like that the, um, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about the CF express type a cards. Uh, they're, they're great, but they're very pricey, mm-hmm. uh, for what they are. And, um, but I do like that it is a dual, uh, CF express a and also SD card exactly. slot. So if you can't afford those cards or you just don't have any, but you have some really solid SD cards, you're plenty fine to use those as well. Uh, so I do like that design. I wish that, for instance, where the CF Express Type B card is on the Canon, I wish that also mm-hmm. accepted SD. Yeah, uh, that'd be that, cool. That'd be great. Because um, they just have two different things all right. together. So it's one Express and then one SD. Mm-hmm. They're so. not smart enough to do both. Um, <laughs> Maybe so. not. Maybe not iPhone Doe has a wonderful video. Again, Farak, he's been on the podcast as well. Good friend of the show. He did a great video kind of talking about the AI autofocus, Mm, which is something we mentioned in last week's episode. And it's something that, again, along with the screen, is a really wonderful upgrade. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I hope to see more of from Sony in the future. Right. Um, Often with Sony cameras, there's 
features on one camera and then fe- and then not features on another and they don't seem to update things all the time well it's interesting yeah because like, like even hardware upgrade. even the a1 like still doesn't have like focus breathing compensation yeah. which is on the a7 s3 and it's, it's like why it's a it's a six thousand dollar camera shouldn't it have all the mm-hmm. things but that's what gerald was saying um he basically said it's just weird how like the a1 is the flagship of all of their cameras, that is the top, most expensive, highest spec camera. Why is it like it needs to get, if there's something new and better in a lower end camera, that needs to be prioritized in their flagship. So you're, you're are you talking about the auto, our autofocus here? I wonder if this is software based, then yes, but that's what I was curious. I, I don't, I wonder if this, if this is like new sensor tech or if this is software or what is. I mean, it, it's just, it should be just computing, right? So you would think it's software. Yeah. The A1, basically, my takeaway from Gerald, which I think he owns an A1 and uses it as his A camera. Right. Um, he basically said this A7R5 for video shooters is basically like a crippled A1. Like, yeah. if you just want everything to work all the time with no limitations, get the A1. Yeah. Um, so Farak is showing the AI autofocus here where you can register people's faces. So this is a shot of Sydney Dongson and Jenna, uh, Justine's sister. Jenna Azarek. Azarek. And um, they are, basically, they've registered their faces in the autofocus and they're able to, like, kind of, like, just tap on the person or whatever. I don't know. It's just really interesting. I was talking to Armando about it and he was telling me that it is kind of next level. He's like, it makes all other autofocus feel kind of dumb, mm. uh, which is something you were referencing earlier. It's like autofocus is kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, so this is potentially fixing that. And y- you have lots of different options. Like it has object detection, like cars, and it has now like bird and animals being different and then mm-hmm. insect detection as well. So it's like, you know, pretty soon it's it's going to get better and better and better. And I I'm very impressed with what i've seen with the did philip get one no he didn't get one philip did armando get a video out i don't think he got a video out uh i could be wrong i just i didn't get it suggested to me if he did i know sydney will have one that's for sure uh mr sydney dyongzen there it is uh he's the sony man the man with a plan um i mean obviously the photos are fantastic on this yeah it's probably the most popular stills camera from Sony, the R line. Um, I remember when we interviewed a lot of these different uh, travel influencers on this podcast mm-hmm. back when we were working with Polar Pro, almost all of them were shooting on the A7R from Sony. As they should. I mean, the sensor is great. The autofocus is great. It's like, what else do you need? We're watching some of the AI autofocus stuff here where it's like detecting airplanes and bugs and different things. Master Chief's helmet. Master Chief's helmet. Uh, I did hear that the um, noise... what am I trying to say? The ISO, the ISO performance is it's great. Like there's, it is still good, but it's not necessarily like one of Sony's best low light cameras. Sure, and you always get that with higher resolution. Right, exactly. Um, I think again, it comes down to what is your use case. I think for us as YouTubers, I think every YouTuber is fine with the A7 IV. Right. It does have some rolling shutter and some limitations with 4K 60. So if those things are important to you, 
then go ahead and get the A7S three. Mm-hmm. The A7S three alone is kind of all we need as video shooters. Yeah, Zach Mayfield just made a video talking yes. about the fact that the A7 S3, this is getting really hard. I have to pause. You say A7, and then you pause and go, which camera am I about to say? 7 S3. Um, he made a good video about it. Basically, like, it's it's still a Point good out camera. out of the way. I'm not going to make you wait till the end, okay? 12 megapixels is enough. <laughs> you in the back? Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, Zach. Yeah, that one's for you. <laughs> it's so good. I love Zach. So, yeah, basically the... His video, yeah, he talks about how he's been rocking the A7S for about a year now, mm-hmm. and he loves it, and the autofocus is great, the EVF is great. Yeah, he's like, photos he's basically saying, like, just because these cameras are coming out, which are really cool, it's like, if you have this camera, for example, you don't need those extra little features. They're cool, and if you are looking to upgrade, these are worth checking out, of course, like the 7.4 and the yeah. uh, R5. Yeah. Uh, but um, what's up everybody what's up but uh it is you know it's like all these cameras are fantastic mm-hmm. honestly the, the last few years of cameras have been mm-hmm. kind of incredible absolutely and if and you have any one of them you should be plenty good for a while i'm you know i think well next week we'll be able to talk about our findings with the r6 mark ii right um because i am a little curious i don't want to really spend the money for an r5 I have this Olympus camera that's sort of in that same price point. Yeah. I may consider switching if it made sense because it would be a wonderful B camera to us. To be honest, I would, con- if it looks pretty good and the reviews are good and the specs are pretty decent, because I'm assuming it's that 6K mm-hmm. sensor still. Uh, I or a new forgot. one. But or a new yeah. one. Um, it's, it is. It's 24 megapixels or whatever. I would consider probably even selling my R5 to get it. As long as the specs and performance seem relatively good, because I wasn't too with no impressed with the yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the original R6. So if they fix a lot of those issues I had with the Mark II. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty four megapixels is plenty. That's all I ever need. Yeah, because I don't need this eight K R5. Like if I'm being honest, I just got it for those extra mm-hmm. features that the R6 didn't have. Yes. Um, so there's, it's saying that there's a crop in 4K60. Right. Um, it's doing Canon Log 3, and it can shoot up to 30 frames per second 4K with no crop, which is, you know, for the majority of what we do, that's fine. Right. Um, and even a tiny little bit of crop in a 60 mode isn't the end of the world because... Yeah, it's a 1.1x crop. I mean, that's nothing. Or, well, yeah, that's what it says the original one was. So Oh, yeah. I see the original We one. don't know we the don't answer, know. but... Um, Sorry. but yeah, even if it's a little crop, it's fine. Cause I feel like we only use 60 when we're doing like product shots. Right. So a little bit of crop in those modes is fine. Cause you're doing handheld like B roll stuff. Sometimes it's nice to have a little extra reach as well. So yeah. who knows? It could even benefit you in some way. I, yeah, if, if it's solid, I, I would consider, cause then I'd save a ton of money, mm-hmm. you know, sell this for whatever I can get for it. Probably similar. And then. Get the get the R6, save some cash, maybe buy a new lens. Sounds pretty nice. It is better in low light as well. There you go. So, yeah, we're still holding on to Cranon. Um, yeah. You know, we did a... a we death did a, grip. <laughs> we did do a review last week, um, the iPhone uh, yes. review. Yes, uh, it's edited. It's n- It should be live by the time you hear this. Yeah, so check it out. Dave Mays Reviews. That's right. Um, on that channel, you can watch it. The Little Gear Guy. That's me. 
And uh, yeah, Malachi and Connor and I last week after our podcast recording went out and filmed um, five things to do with the iPhone. Yeah, five five things to do with it. No, <laughs> no, it was um, basically like five ways to shoot with the iPhone that should hopefully help improve how your footage looks. Yeah, um, different things like that. They were pretty simple tricks. They were we how were, to, we how were to going a little improve basic. our view count by yes. talking about things that people are searching for. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so hopefully you all enjoy it. I mean, you guys are probably a little more pro. Yeah. So it's probably not content for your palate, but. Um, but we did shoot wanna, it on the C70. Yeah, if you want to check it out, feel Looks free. Good. There's some good memes in there. If you like oh, some yeah. memes, uh, it's a great edit. Yeah, there's, there's a few. It. There's a few good edits in there. In the uh, in the inferior Premiere Pro app, but uh, it is inferior. But I still, I, I yeah, like I'm holding on the Canon. I'm holding on the Premiere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, it's I I do love the. Um, I do, I do like the timeline and I like the layers and it's yeah. clean and it's aesthetically pleasing to look at for me. Yeah. I agree with that. It's those it's little, just a little slow. It's those little, it's not even the speed anymore for me. It's, it's, it does have quirks. I mean, it's just like, it's still, it's still buggy. <laughs> like that's the thing about Premiere for me. It's like it slowness. You know, that's not really an issue anymore with you fast. suck. Yeah. You do suck a little bit Premiere. I'm paying for a premium product, I want it to work well. Because I love all the ways that it functions in terms of like literally how it functions. Uh-huh. But I... Uh, <laughs> no more. <laughs> no more. Uh, but but then this happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. That happens all the time. And it, it's like little things where it's like I click on something and then it bugs out. And it's like, just work Yeah. perfectly. <laughs> just work all the time. Uh, or work... I mean, it does work most of the time. It's just those little bugs that get annoying. Yeah. But um, eventually they'll fix it. I mean, right? No, they will never fix it, but they will still happily charge me all the money in the world. <laughs> uh, and I will still use it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I uh, Malachi is on DaVinci and he keeps showing it to me. And it looks pretty good. I, I aesthetically, I am displeased when I look at uh, DaVinci Resolve. I mean, it's just a little cluttery. It's a little cluttery. Kind of same thing with Final Cut for me. It's a little cluttery to me, like the way that the timeline sits. Oh sure. Um, like things are just kind of. It feels like things are just there, and then when you delete something, things just move. It terrifies mm -hmm. me. I hate that. Um, I know it's not. Well, usually it's not broken, like how the edit syncs itself back up on Final Cut, but it just. Yeah. Freaks me out. I love Premiere because it's just, everything's just laid out like in those nice stacked layers. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, I purposely can move things around with intention. And that makes sense. That's why I like it. But it, it is the worst program of all three. It, <laughs> it is. Well, Final Cut uh, hasn't seemed to have many updates recently at all either. That being said, mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a new Mac update. Uh, I think it's live. I haven't updated yet, but okay. I think with that, there's a new Final Cut update, uh, which is the first real update that we've had in like a year. But um, I don't know if it's out yet, but I would love to see it on the iPad. I think that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, because the new iPad's supposed to be able to do DaVinci. Yeah, DaVinci's making an app. For but it. not Final Cut. <laughs> What's up with that? Figure that one. Hey, you know, we picked the worst two. <laughs> Da Vinci is just taking over, honestly. Yeah, as, as I mean, hey, they're giving people what they want and listening to feedback. Yeah, and listening to feedback, and if that makes them successful, that's great. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to talk about something um, that we have a little insight in, just being YouTubers in the uh, gear space on the 
entertainers. <laughs> As uh, we're talking about a lot of different cameras and releases and stuff, you may be seeing a lot of other creators posting videos all at the same time. Right. And it's this kind of influx of on one day there's an announcement and then you go to your home feed. And if you're in a certain niche, you'll just see 30 plus 30 <laughs> videos of that same topic right. uh, made by everybody. And that, I mean, it's been talked about before, but I just wanted to share my insight on that. And also in just our experience working with different companies, mm-hmm. we're kind of starting from scratch uh, now, essentially with the new review channel and with my uh, personal channel and stuff. Um, but hopefully, you know, over the next two years or so, we can kind of get back on the train, I guess. Back but, in the swing. So yeah, when we were doing Kinotika, we got a couple of random invites. And I feel like that was kind of early days to it it wasn't as common back then right sony and invite us to uh catalina that, that was, was pretty cool that was really fun to go yeah. to catalina that was for the 6400 mm-hmm. yeah and then you've been to a couple of the sony ones i mean you're wearing the shirt yeah sony condo that was condo. cool that was a cool one and then the uh, uh camera camp as well mm-hmm. with the uh as eric sisters and sony did that one and then you know this new a7r5 just came out and it looks like everybody went to new york yep um, and by the way, all, a lot, all three of these examples are Sony related. Yeah. So Sony's the best at what Sony's we're about the to best at it. But basically, I think what Sony's Sony has clearly done really well is something that is actually illegal in traditional media, mm-hmm. which is whining and dining journalists. Right. <laughs> um, there's it's a big no no because, like, according to FCC and like the regulations of journalism. Uh, there needs to be full unbiased, you know, viewpoints on these things. Right. But these rules are sort of thrown out the window with online stuff. It gets a little, it, it's like, we're, it's a, it's a gray area, right? I don't know if you remember like back in the nineties and early two thousands, there was these little magazines that you would see at the store and they're called consumer reports. No. And, um, basically this was how people got reviews of products back before the internet. So Consumer Reports was highly respected and they like had a, just a ton of like morals with their reviews. They would not, back in the old days, you could buy one of these. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I, well, this, I is a, this is a magazine, but... Best yeah, cars of 2013 cars. and like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I guess this is essentially... Yeah, they I, would also review like just stuff like washers and dryers and sure, just whatever. anything consumer. Yeah, and so their model was we, like, th- as a company, they would purchase the item right. and then they would review it against all the other, all the competing items. Right. So say they were reviewing a tea kettle, they would buy... Very specific. <laughs> they would buy, you know, 10 of the top tea kettles that range from Walmart to Sears to, you know, wherever. Back Sears. We're talking about the 90s here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Talking about the 90s. Yeah. And... Um, when, uh, when car companies, you know, car companies obviously wanted a positive consumer report review, right. And they would invite these reviewers to these shows and these, these, you know, similar type things where it's a, a party with food and wine and dine. And basically, you know, at a certain point there was this, you know, potential corruption issue of like, we're going to wine and dine all these reviewers so that we get a positive review because the more positive the review, obviously more people buy the product. Well, it's kind of like, um, 
oh, what what would I, uh, movie reviews and stuff. It's a similar thing because these people get to go see these movies early mm -hmm. and they tend to leave nicer reviews because they want to be invited to see the next movie early. Yeah. And then the next movie early. Exactly. So that they can get their review out first and then they can get more advertising because then they get more clicks and then... So it, it is kind of a thing in this whole, on the internet in general. I mean, this isn't just YouTubers and yeah. camera reviewers and things like that. It's it's across the board. And in a way for, for a YouTuber, we get clicks and views and we make our living off of, you know, views. If the views are high, then we can charge more for sponsorships, right. which the sponsorship deals are really where our niche, the majority of our niche makes money mm -hmm. is sponsorships and affiliate sales our niche because there's not millions of views coming in no. uh you don't typically make much money off of adsense almost nothing almost nothing just you know like a nice little bonus it's a little bonus yeah exactly so um so there is like this kind of slight bias that i feel is un it, it's not something that people are maybe trying to do but there is always this slight edge of bias when Basically, the, either the camera was given to you for free by the company, mm -hmm. and you obviously want to continue receiving free cameras in the future. In the future, and then, of course, the ultimate one, which is should be obvious to everybody, is the whole we're going to fly you to Hawaii for a week, yeah, and put you in a resort and feed you a ton of great food and hang out with a bunch of other YouTubers, Creators. and so it's like at that point wow, this company is amazing. I will never leave this company. Yeah, they take I'm care loyal of you. to this company. And so I think, I, and I'm not trying to point fingers to anybody because I do think it is interesting and it's it's fun and I think it can be handled maybe fairly well. Um, but you kind of have to just take a lot of these reviews with a grain of salt and also know that our identity is not in, you know, what we do or what camera you shoot on. So, you know, I think it can be unhealthy if you're a creator and you look at other creators who are maybe a couple of years ahead of you and they're getting invited to stuff and you're not. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's this kind of high school drama of like, well, I'm not invited to the cool kid party kind of mentality. Right. And it is a little weird for the creators who are there too. Cause I know, cause I've spoken to many of them about this. And they almost feel bad about like, I don't want to post anything. I don't want to make people feel bad about it. Hmm. But then Sony tells them like, hey, if you're coming, we want you to be posting and use this hashtag. And, mm -hmm. you know, so like I think even Kondo, you could, did they like tell you to post anything with a certain hashtag? Yeah. Yeah. There was uh there was, you know, hashtag Sony Kondo trip. And in fact, the more you posted, the more likely you were to win a camera. Oh, wow. So, yes. Or a lens. <laughs> so, basically, they're enticing the YouTubers to post on social media for free, essentially. It's well, not really for not free for because free, they they're... paid for them to fly out. Yeah, they're paying for the trip. But <clears throat> I think a lot of YouTubers don't realize the the value that they bring to Sony. Mm -hmm. the, the fact that Sony has been crushing it proves that this model works really well. Right. They've listened to YouTubers. They've in in included features on some of these cameras that may not have been there if YouTubers didn't complain about it, like the flip screen, like the autofocus. Right. Um, and even though, like, 
the a7s for example is a very popular camera for freelance video shooters i think there's some little features in there that are actually kind of for youtubers like again like the flip screen that like if you're always behind camera as a cinematographer you don't necessarily need that little flip screen to go all the way back it's very helpful yeah it can be helpful but um it's not like crucial for a cinematographer that's why like the black magic cinema cameras only kind of just pop out and they're just a nice big display on the back they don't do a selfie screen yeah um and you know red and ari alexa and all those like they don't have anything like that yeah. either obviously but you're right there is a there's a line as content creators that you have to walk between presenting all the information truthfully mm-hmm. and getting the next camera for free <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I do think that there's a way to make you know to do both you know it's like to to get the next camera you have to be nice to them but at the same time to keep the respect of your audience you have to be truthful with them and mm-hmm. and your audience isn't dumb i feel like they can yeah. they, they they see right through it you know if you're eventually you know it's like they're gonna be like hey i feel like this guy's not being 100 percent with me because if you don't say all the honest truth and then someone else does they're like well why didn't that guy say that so people start to catch on um one of the ways that i've found with writing scripts for different product reviews is you present one of the negatives about something so let's say let's say there's not a flip screen on a camera and that's a negative right so you you're going to say that you're not going to just not address it so it's like oh so the whatever whatever camera doesn't have a flip screen but it does have and then you end it with a positive right mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of psychological for the company because it's like you're never and you don't want to end your sentence on a negative you want to end it on a positive so the camera still feels positive sure so your review still feels positive yeah to the company um but as a um, consumer, you're still getting the information that's pertinent, which is the fact that, oh, it doesn't have a lip screen. That's something I need to know as a consumer. Well, I agree. And that's why I have you around because my nature is to just completely bash um, on things that suck. Yes. (laughs) I love this video review I did of the R6. What was it? It's the uh, 60 Mark II. 62. It is god awful. <laughs> Have you seen how soft the image is? So this that is leads a, us this to is an the final question. Of, is the 6D Mark II worth the price? Hell no. The 6D Mark II is roughly $2,000. This is an example it's of being honest. Stock, uh, but it brutally is going for honest. about $1,800. Uh, this one will not on get B&H. you invited to the trips. Let's compare that to some other cameras, shall we? The GH5. So... I and this video has four hundred and forty-four thousand. It did very well. Um, so here's the flip side of that argument. That is the right way to be, uh, you know, invited to events. It's like a neutral way of making content. But people are hungry and desperate for opinions. Yeah, especially from someone that has an opinion that is warranted with my experience using the ADD, which was cheaper and had a sharper image. Right. The one DC and. I'm seeing the kind of BS that everybody was praising this camera at this time. It was a $2,000 camera at the time Mm -hmm. and it was garbage. It looked so soft and it was terrible. And they're like, Oh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? It looks awful. Here's what I've learned. I've matured since here. Um, a lot. (laughs) I think, um, I was 
being honest about the camera, but there's there's people attached to the the all these cameras, like in terms of engineers and people who design these cameras. Mm-hmm. And their intention is never to like make a bad product. Right. Um, and when we went to the Sony a7 or the a6400 thing, mm-hmm. that's really where I learned that because I actually met some of these engineers. Right. And I was sort of being my Dave self and complaining about some Sony stuff. And I could see like, they were kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, they were, I was making them feel bad. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, every product that exists has humans attached to it. Right. So, like, I shouldn't say things so harshly. It's like you, you can still say exactly what you're saying in this video, mm-hmm. but then just say it with a hint of grace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, especially as a Christian and as somebody who wants to reflect positivity, yeah, I shouldn't be super harsh that being said i right when this was happening was not long after i worked with a guy named dave ramsey who is known for being very harsh Mm -hmm. on the radio and i kind of heard him say when i worked there like people are just hungry for an opinion and like bill o'reilly you know tucker carlson um and then think about any other person that's just kind of like has an opinion they're intense about it they're very popular and people listen to them because most people don't kind of have the, that type of personality. It's sort of something that as humans we're sort of attracted to in a way, even if you disagree with that person, the fact that they're standing up for something makes you want to either fight back with your opinion Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's just kind of a human trait that we all have of like, if somebody's really serious about a a point and whether you agree or disagree, you, you just like, you want to like involve yourself in that communication or whatever. And so the comments in this are nuts. And this video performed really well because I was just like saying stuff that a lot of people agreed with, you know, totally agree. Uh, just bought this camera and I can say the full frame makes a huge difference, but you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> like that guy doesn't agree with me. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I started shooting with the 60 amazing photos. So I just shot, shot stills and I'm super satisfied. Um, yeah, unfortunately I agree with you about this camera and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, now that camera is really old and, um, you know, I, I think it's a lot cheaper now. Yeah. So, well, good also, Lord. No, it's not. <laughs> it's still $1,300. No, Can- Canon never goes on sale, <laughs> ever. This camera was 1800 when I was crapping on it, and it's 13 now. It's been f- four years, what's, five years. What's crazy to me is that they are... Still, Don't buy the 60 Mark II. Yeah, wh- why would you buy that? 2500 Why would you buy that in today's world? It's still selling. Um, by the way, in this conversation, don't get the idea that we're poo-pooing on YouTubers of any certain people. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. we're not we're not crapping on our fellow YouTubers and and saying anything like that. I mean, like obviously, when a camera is not good, they will say it because, for instance, back well, when the, I worked with the ZV One F or whatever, there was a lot of creators that were like saying that it was good and it's actually garbage. Like, we need to be honest with our viewers I think. yeah well that's interesting because i know when i was working with armando we were big canon people back in the day and then when the r5 came out initially um we 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 crapped on that camera <laughs> you know we were like what is the deal like this yeah, is yeah. unacceptable and 
all that stuff. So speaking at least from the experiences I've had with people, yeah, um, I do feel like there is a level of honesty, even though we were big Canon fans. Uh, yeah. We were shooting on the C500, which is a uh, yeah. biggie Canon camera. A biggie Canon camera. I've, I've heard Gerald talk about it before. He's like, he's, he gets accused of being a, sh- uh, a sh- shill, shrill for Sony or whatever. Because he uses Sony, he talks highly of them. And he said um, that he just, he only talks about things he likes. Right. So the perception is when you watch his content that he's just like positive about everything. Right. But he's like, if he finds something, if he finds a camera uninteresting or something about it that's terrible, he's just like, eh, I'm not going to make a video. Yeah. I'm not into it. Right. You know? So therefore... He's only every, talking about cameras that he enjoys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and Caleb Pike, I know, um, I've talked to him before, DSLR video shooter, and he does purchase his cameras mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. I don't know if that's still his, like... Way of going. Way of going about it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he still gets free stuff. Right. But when I talked to him years ago, he said he actually turns down the free cameras so that he can remain fully unbiased, which there's that's honorable is honorable. It's it, but it, I think YouTube has changed a lot and you kind of, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves though. He's growing and and continuing to have a stable, um, career. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people who are just starting out, they're just chasing those numbers and getting the new stuff gives them that leg up, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, but, I think you're right. I think the viewers are not dumb. They can see through anything that would seem fake for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, this is a call to action to my fellow creators to potentially consider thinking about these things as you get invited to stuff. Sure. As I get invited to things, as we go and do things and interact with camera companies, I still want to have my foundation in serving the audience first we're Mm -hmm. not here to make videos for sony Mm -hmm. we're here to make videos for for the the audience audience. right so at the end of the day if that's if there's a compromise there i would rather not work with sony and just do it on my own Mm -hmm. because i think long term career wise that's how you build a brand and that's how you build a you know an actual career on youtube Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if you're relying on these companies you know all it takes is just you know, not being invited to whatever, and then it's over or whatever. Yeah, and also remaining neutral between different brands is just a good idea in general if you're going to review cameras because then <laughs> you, you don't feel like you only have to talk about whoever Fujifilm, yeah, yeah. for instance. Like, let's say, you yeah, know, yeah, I love all cameras. Yeah, it's like I, that's that's what I was telling uh, when that's I was on nerd. the when I was on the condo trip, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, Sony, you know, Sony cameras. I was like, I own a Canon, and that kind of blew their mind, but. um <laughs> what and you're here yeah and they're like how did we paid for this and i was like you did (laughs) (laughs) um but uh no i i was telling them it's like i i actually am looking to eventually get a sony camera as well like and i want a fuji film and i own a canon and Mm. it's like i don't think there's i mean like all these cameras are cool in their own right and they all have uh, good and unique features and it, they serve different people differently and it depends on what you need and so I, I don't I don't feel like you know like if you're just making content for one camera company it's like well that's doesn't really make any sense it's like you're if you're reviewing cameras or whatever yeah. it's like just use them all yeah I mean 
But if you are a loyalist and you love a certain brand, then that's fine too. I, I you know, whatever I guess you that's want a, to. that's a fair point. Um, for example, because I was a guitar player first before I got into camera stuff, I think about guitars in that way. And there's a lot of guitar nerds who have like every brand you can imagine. Sure. Uh, they have Fender guitars, acoustic, electric guitars, bass guitars, Gibson Les Pauls. Yeah. But then there's also like people who just love a certain brand, like uh, Jared James Nichols. He's one of my favorite guitarists. He is 100% a Les Paul guy, It's which is a specific model from a specific maker. Right. And I'm sure he owns other guitars, but at least on his Instagram, he just has like six less yeah. pauls well and, and also when i'm i'm not when i'm saying use all of them it doesn't mean don't have a preference like if you prefer it and mm-hmm. that's your favorite and that's what you want to use then use it you yeah. know like that's that is fine but i i do think like as uh, uh you know like a reviewer i think it's important to use all these other cameras and get different perspectives because maybe even in that you can find features or things that you like that then you could that maybe you could then talk to yeah. you know, a Sony rep and be like, hey, these things are cool. I'd love to see something similar. Or maybe yeah. you guys could take inspiration from. Let's be honest. It's the other way around. You talk to other companies about things Sony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Sony is, I mean, like as someone who uses a Canon camera, Sony's crushing it right yeah. now. I mean, like their stuff is great. Really curious to see what the R6 Mark II does, but man, Sony's, they're enticing. They're doing, I a, know. Good, they're doing a good job. The the big hang up for years was the color science, and I feel like they finally have landed on their own unique uh, style, and it looks great. I actually enjoy it a lot. Um, I think Canon has that warmer feel, and it still works really good for weddings. Um, mm. But I don't like shooting weddings, so. Um, <laughs> and also, I I feel like just generally the Canon stuff is just bigger. It, it's a little bit larger. The lenses are a little heavier. I actually like that in terms of the camera body itself. Like the grip yeah. on the R five mm-hmm. is like my Grippier. favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like more so great, more comfortable than the Sony's. That would be one of my biggest hangups with the Sony's now is just the ergonomics. Mm-hmm. And then the menus, but like in terms of pure performance and uh, Sony is... And their lenses are great. And the lenses. I mean, if you want to compare lenses, especially because they have a huge lineup yeah. compared to Canon right now, because Canon switched to RF. Mm-hmm. Um, they're several years behind. They're very behind. But so it, it'll just be a matter of time too. I mean, in five years, Canon should have their lens lineup pretty covered right you now for the most part. So um and there will continue to be new cameras like the R6 Mark II, which we can talk about next week. And so. the X-T5. Do not forget. The X-T5 next See, week. I have a preference, and it's Fujifilm. <laughs> yep. And I uh, like my silly Olympus camera. All right, guys. Well, thanks for toin- tuning in. Toining in. Toining in. Uh, today for another episode of the Golden hey, Hour Podcast. Thanks for toining in. Would you please consider going to ghp.fm and shooting us a question or feedback? Um, feel free to leave a review. You can leave a review on our website yep. um, or the uh, Apple Podcast You can player. just say hi. That could be your review. Hey, yeah. what's so up? Be nice. Head over to ghp.fm. Got that nice website all set up and stuff. It's great. Uh, or if you'd rather, just listen because that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, keep an eye out on both the Dave Mays channel and the Dave Mays Reviews channel. We got some new stuff coming out. Very yep. excited about. Some content brewing over in that corner for sure. Indeed. So thanks again for joining us on the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, co-host, Dave Mays. And I'm the other co-host, Connor McCaskill. And we'll see you next time. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody?
What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> A little gear guy. <laughs> <laughs>